these braids are just not <laughs> it. Like, I literally am upset by the braids. Like, the braids have ended me for like I'm more bothered by the barrettes the than barrettes, the braids everything the whole braids journey I'm like get the braids away from me oh lord Jesse made another one What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Brandon Jinks Jenkins. Welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, only on Spotify. This week, we're talking about Drake's latest work and where he goes from here. But I can't do it alone. So we got a couple guests in the studio. Rem is just, I love how you're just staring forward. All right, look, <laughs> we're going to start here with my man here. You've previously seen his writing at places like DJ Booth and Hip Hop DX. And these days, he's a reporter at the Los Angeles Times covering music and entertainment, Keenan Drawhorn. Uh, Jinx, good to be here. What's up, man? Yeah, man. How you feeling? I'm doing good, Rim. Why are you smiling? I'm talking to Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good intro. <laughs> He's impressed. He's a writer from Atlanta who currently works at Twitter, building products for writers. And once I was at a Knicks game, and I was sitting with Rembert, and someone identified him as the voice of America. I can't believe you're telling this. That story. was insane. Wow. Also, because I was sitting right there. No one said anything. He was like, excuse me, excuse me. I was like, yeah. He's like, can you get out the way? I'm seeing, I'm looking at the voice of America. That was crazy. And that's the day we became enemies. That's how it happened. <laughs> that was the start of our villain story. Rembert Brown, thanks for coming through, man. Thank you for having me. Very excited to talk about Aubrey. And I think we have to have this person to talk about Aubrey Drake. She's helped launch Netflix's Strong Black Lead Vertical. And now she's a manager on Netflix's original series team, Jasmine Lawson. Jasmine, there is no way we were doing this without... I, I This might be one of the biggest honors of my life <laughs> to be asked professionally to speak about Drake and not just in my spare time about three to four times a day. So You're in the right spot I'm for very it. excited a about A subject this. matter expert. Yes. Nice. This is here. I actually question how much I talk about Drake. It's, it's a lot. I love because I knew you liked Drake, but then when an album pops up, I was like, it, it just, you drive the Drake conversation and I love that you've been fending off uh, Drake assailants left yes. and right on Twitter. Oh my gosh, it, it's it's been the death of me. I have had to take breaks because <laughs> I'm like this. I should not be spiraling like this every day. <laughs> like, I don't get health benefits. Yes, it's, it's, the work not, that I'm it's not helping me at payroll. all. You need the OVO like, benefits. Yeah, go enjoy it on my package. Own. Since the release of his 2009 mixtape, so far gone, it feels like we've been living in the Drake era. For more than a decade, the Toronto native has been the LeBron James of rap. That means breaking records, putting his city on the map, and leading the change in his field. But just like his basketball counterpart, his lengthy tenure has some of us asking, are we looking at the end of the Drake era? Mm. I just, some of us. Everyone looked at Jasmine for that. <laughs> Not me. I think before we even get into like, we're going to do like a retrospective on Drake and understand how we got here. Um, just real quick, Jake's latest album, Honestly, never mind. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I, I know where you stand. I'm obsessed, <laughs> but surprisingly obsessed because I am not the most like eclectic person when it comes to music. I really stay in my bag when it comes to like hip hop and R&B and mm -hmm. mostly R&B. And I think that's why I like Drake, because he also infuses a lot of singing into his rap. Um, and so I was kind of like, am I going to like this? Yeah. And I love it. It's a nonstop for me. I think it was perfect for the summertime, like it's every party if you don't hear you know sticky or massive it's like what what, what are we doing go here? home like, yeah, I, was like <laughs> I can go home and have a better party with this album by myself so yeah i'm obsessed okay you guys how you guys feeling it's not like my favorite drake album but i'm glad he made exactly this album mm. because it's like this is clearly like the vibe he's on right now and i think you should make the album you want 
even if it's not the album that the fans that came up with you maybe mm-hmm. necessarily want. It's like, you know, like we call, like rappers are artists, but we often don't like allow them to do what artists do, which mm-hmm. is just like make the thing they want to make. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it's very cool that he made this album. I listen to Jimmy Cook's 12 times a day because it's like the best verse he's had in a very long time to me so like the fact that he kind of just like dropped that at the end is just like a like in case y'all forgot like I'm also very good at that thing but you only get one I was like I want more but it's a gigantic flex yeah I'm kind of with you I mean I always appreciate when artists like take risks and do something different and I mean Drake has obviously dabbled with like dance and house music before but never, like, for the entire project, studio, <laughs> yeah. album to be, like, this sound. You know what I mean? So I always give artists props for that. Um, in terms of how I like it, it, go, it, it, it I kind of listen to it in spurts, I feel like. Like, there will be times when I want to hear the songs. But I feel like, in general, I'm a much bigger fan of the production on this album than Drake. I feel like with a just a different vocalist, mm. I feel like Drake's voice just wasn't really suited for a lot of these beats. So, uh, like, on Texco Green falling back like i'll hear the beat come in i'm like oh, i want to move and then drake's voice comes in it's like the energy is not it's not matching up you know yeah. what i mean like even on um overdrive like party next door would have been a perfect fit for that track in my opinion you know what i mean so where is party where, yeah where, where, where's party yeah like he has like in-house artists that like would have been seemingly a great fit for this division you know Majid jordan like all these yeah. people but he just Said nah, but Twenty One Savage though. That's, that's what I need <laughs> on my on my dance album. <laughs> where he hasn't like just given someone a song. Like the last mm, project, yeah. like Yeba has a whole song, whole song. that yeah. <laughs> Drake's not on. This might be one of the yeah. first ones. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, at least in a really really long time. And also, usually when he gives that person a song, it's like mm-hmm. w- it's no context for the yeah. entire album. Yeah, yeah. What I do really like about this album is that um, we always like talked about drake like jumping in a whole bunch of different directions sonically but also lyrically like he has all these different ideas in one project and sometimes the critique is that um his ideas aren't focused enough mm-hmm. like excluding like the 21 savage uh song this project feels really focused like mm-hmm. it feels like yeah, it's a exactly. singular idea that he's executed yeah yeah i mean all of the beats kind of running to each other seamlessly in a lot of ways mm-hmm. Um, you, you kind of have to play it straight through where a lot of other Drake albums you can just skip around or I've re-curated on my playlist like the mm. sequence I would oh, want yeah, of yeah. a Drake album <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. like there's parts of Certified Loverboy where some of the songs aren't Loverboy songs <laughs> so I've made a playlist that's specifically just the Loverboy songs. Mm. Um, some of them are just Certified Boy. Yeah, some like, of them yeah. are just Certified <laughs> I'm just, just yeah. There's no love here. Um, I feel like especially the past couple of albums with, you know, all the beef he's been in, like, he'll, it seems like he starts an album with the theme in mind and then, like, some beef pops up and he's like, oh, let me, like, change <laughs> half the I mean. to do it. But yeah. I feel like this album, it was like, nah, like, let me just literally put all that to the mm-hmm. side and just, like, talk about what I want to hear, what... Everybody around me clearly wants to hear right now, you know. Would I be down for Drake beefing over House? Probably. Absolutely. It'd be interesting, you know. Probably. There's some small yeah. sneak disses. Like, he's definitely I mean, yeah. is petty in yeah. very there, small ways. There's still paranoia, Drake, on, like, you're on a dance floor feeling paranoid. Like, yeah, feeling yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. isolated in a room full of all your friends. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know how that yeah. works. Yeah. Guys, I want to jump back a little bit to, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit off camera, but, you know, Drake's been around, we call it the Drake era. We've He's been around since what, like properly 2009? Yeah. Of course, he's tapes before that, but um, I think it was so far gone that everyone, that was his entrance, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, 
Can we guys, can we all kind of think back to like what that era was like and sort of like what was Drake's emergence like? When I say that is think about all the questions he was facing and like the criticism he was facing. And it was clearly an uphill battle for him to do. He obviously had a ton of help, but there was an uphill battle for him. He had a lot of things um, counted against him. Can you guys sort of think back to some of the criticisms that Mm -hmm. stick out in your mind that Drake was facing as a new artist that if you think about just his, his MySpace bio, right? Like all the boxes he would have to to check. There was a a lot of reasons that said maybe he, where rap is and where he, what he is maybe won't work out. I think, um, like, regionalism was, like, a thing not working in his favor. There's not a historical lineage of Toronto rappers to, like, point at to be, like, I'm next up from Toronto. Mm. He, like, put Toronto, like, he put, made Toronto a culturally relevant place for a lot of people. And, like, not, I mean, he was also very smart to, like, work with all of the regions Mm -hmm. like has like a direct line to atlanta and has like a connection to memphis and like all of these places that like have mattered and especially like in 09 2010 were like like unstoppable yeah his ability to carve out a lane for himself but also like no i I think drake has done a very good job Mm -hmm. at making friends <laughs> with other rappers. <laughs> like, yeah. people, Friendly like, man. yes, Drake is famous, and people want to work with the most famous dude, but also people keep work, like, Drake has people that he keeps working with, and, mm-hmm. like, like there's, yeah. like, a working relationship with Future, a working relationship with Young Thug, like, people who he just keeps coming back to, and I think some of that is, like, he seems to be a good guy to work with, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and, like, make good music with, and I think that was kind of established pretty early from the songs he made but also the features yeah. he did and the one-offs it's like he he seemed to be someone who um knew how to you know live within his own thing but like wanted to become a part of the like Something greater bigger. rap yeah. thing yeah. yeah and i think also i mean i was i was 13 in 2009 so i was very young and my memory is going to be a little <laughs> yeah. Spotty, but I remember... I was in the clubs, bro. (laughs) In the Atlanta clubs. But even before um, So Far Gone, like, Drake was on the grassy. He was playing a kid on a teen drama in a wheelchair, and I feel like the way that he came into the game was just so different than a lot of rappers, especially at the time. And it's like, now there's a lot more room for for rappers to have, I guess, different entry points and different perspectives. But back then, it was like, he didn't come in with that image, so he already had so much to prove just in terms of, like, oh, I can actually rap, I can actually do this, I actually want to even be here. That's not just like a side project for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I was a senior in high school in 2009 and when Drake came onto the scene and I obviously watched him on Degrassi. I was a young teen girl and he was the only black boy on the show. So I was like, of course you have a Drake uh, crush on Aubrey, (laughs) um, Jimmy from Degrassi. And so I followed him on MySpace just during that time. But for me, what was funny is a lot of his early music, because I started listening to him when he had a mixtape called Room for Improvement. Mm. And he had this song called Come Winter on there that I was obsessed with. And he started doing things with Trey songs and Replacement Girl. And then he had like this sound where he had a a song with Dwelle called like Don't You Have a Man and he was sampling like Guapale's Closer and so to me I felt he was moving into the more neo-soul like conscious rap era it wasn't really like a hotepish era but I was just really <laughs> yeah, on my yeah. Lisa Bonet where I'm like rap needs to be more like mean something uh-huh. like it, you need to be saying something <laughs> with your music so I loved like Common and most Little of that Brother yes like, yeah. always talking about Little exactly. Brother exactly yeah. I thought Drake was that I was like Drake is yeah. gonna go sign with Kanye was everything I was like he's gonna go sign with good music he's 
he's gonna Kanye's gonna do right by him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes signs with Lil Wayne and Young Money, and I was like, what is this? Like, not, yeah, this is not... complete opposite of what I think Drake should be doing. But I yeah. think it was the best thing he ever did for his career. He knew we I needed like, Bedrock. Yeah. He knew we needed Bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel just... like he made a very like conscious shift especially on so far gone and even thank me later because he'd rap about oh, i was the backpack rapper i was yeah. doing all this and then nah i said i'm gonna go blow up but i feel like it made for like a real interesting dynamic because he was still in some ways rapping with that same pen that same passion but it was over like electronic drums and over like more mm-hmm. mainstream production yeah. you know so it kind of added like a little different flavor that i feel really like he still brings a lot of that into his yeah. modern music today you know what i mean as you guys just said, like, Drake is, like, um, just, like, conscious. I just imagined him saying, like, what's up, brother? And I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I just can't, you know, with the hand. Peace but um, <laughs> I, I think um, one thing, when you just started highlighting that, it really made me think of that's, that is the Kanye formula. Yeah. Kanye did the same thing. Entered the game, like, hey, I'm left the center of, like, rap's current trends, right? Yeah. So you're going to, like, pay attention to me or feel like I'm a breath of fresh air. And then almost immediately after he gains attention, he... They signed with the biggest name at the time. It was Kanye and Jay. At this point, it's Lil Wayne at the height of Lil Wayne. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, okay, well, what if that same guy and that same person with that same those same abilities uh, decides to pop off? Yeah. But, like, I am still want to focus on some of the criticism facing. One, like like you said, regionalism is something he broke down. We had no one from Toronto, right? There, yeah. That wasn't a thing. It was Southern music was at its height. Um, I still remember, like, there was, like, a emerging L.A. scene that was happening, but... I mean, even New York was suffering. Like, it was all about Southern rap at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake being half Jewish was a thing, too, where people had not, not that you can't be a rapper and be Jewish, but, like, people hadn't seen it. There weren't a ton mm-hmm. of examples that said, hey, this could work. Or even Drake not having a blank slate. I mean, a lot of rappers at this time are inventing their caricature and inventing their ideas. And Drake's like, damn, I gotta, like, I gotta address the, the Jimmy thing. Yeah. Like, the six seasons of Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> really, really him. early. yeah. And, and, and those from. things counted against you as a rapper, yeah. right? Like a certain level of fandom, even a certain fan base would push you away from being considered as rap, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a fan base that was mostly women, it would kind of pull you away from the rap circle. I think also just like Drake's backstory is not one that is like struggle and hardship and like making it out of anywhere. That's not only like an uncomfortable thing, I think, for rap, but so much of just like black people making it Mm -hmm. is like trying to like better yourself and your position and so much of being an authority or a voice in black America is like people look at how you came up where you start and where you're where you start and what you're going and how you think about what you represent and Drake like didn't actually have any of those things to use as crutches at all I think we're we're overlooking a huge element here is uh, Drake singing. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, remember yeah. that was the discussion? Like, yo, yeah. it's so crazy to even think about it now. Um, 50 Cent and Ja Rule, like, yeah. he really tried to end him because Ja wanted to sing. 50 just <laughs> took his style. It's so crazy <laughs> to be like, yo, he's singing. And then 50's like, I'm singing. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have a ton of examples. Um, and even then, they were able to sort of combat that or buoy that with either a direct, like, attempt to go R&B like Ja or 50 who's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make the most gangster records you've ever heard in your life. I'm going to bring melody to these records, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Drake is almost at times splitting it down the middle, even in a song. Mm-hmm. Like he'll rap and then the beat will switch and he's jumping into singing. Or I remember like, um, what was it? Bria's interlude, uh, which took over my life. Uh, <laughs> like that felt so, it felt the time he was almost genreless yeah. in those early days, but there was a ton of criticism he was facing, right? Like, yeah. 
I remember radio stations, like, if you're a rapper, you got to go freestyle at Flex. Mm -hmm. But you also sing? Like, I don't know. Do you guys remember, like, sort of that criticism? That I, I remember I went back and looked at the, like, no, like embarrassingly large number of things I wrote about Drake between, mm -hmm. like, 2011 and 2017. And the first thing was a side-by-side -side portrait of Take Care and Camp by Gambino, which wow. came out wow. the same day. Really? They came yeah. out the same day, like November 2011. And it was like, I was like, this is something. But like the foundation of it was like, these aren't rapidy rap albums yeah. alone. Like these are people playing with form and these are people who like have some status within rap, but not the status that they want. Like neither of them was really like super respected i remember being at that time kind of wondering like which way is the public gonna go with this and obviously like so, yeah for this type of music like gambino clearly had like a second glow up mm -hmm. but at that moment it was like we picked drake mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's the best combination yeah. of the or this is the one that we're ready for right now even Donna was in that, or Gambino was in that boat too at the time of like 30 Rock and Community and all the TV shows. You yeah. know, trying to fight yeah, wow. the same battle, you know what I mean, in terms of trying to prove himself as an artist, as a musician, you know what I mean? But yeah, definitely back then, Drake yeah. was like up here and Donna had to kind of figure it out, I guess. I want to, oh. No, I feel like, I mean, Drake kind of had the cheat code early of like making music for women unapologetically. Like when I think of... Uh, Thank me later. Like my favorite song is "Shut It Down" with the Dream, and I'm like anything <sighs> that, that the crazy. the Dream like is a part of. And I, to your point of regionalism, like Drake is just such a huge fan of rap and R and B and hip hop everywhere, and obviously leading up to some things he's done globally too. But he was doing that early on. He was like, if I'm going to make a song with the Dream, it's going to sound like a Dream song. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the Dream was everything in 2009, 2010, 2011. Like all of his songs were major hits. And to me, I guess the noise of like what you're talking about criticism was kind of not there for me because I'm so mm. zoned in on how perfectly he was executing. And we talk about Drake's albums and maybe we'll get to this, but I do feel like there's so much revisionist history where they age so well. Like he's making music that you're going to love five years from now, that you're going to go back to that album and be like, damn, he was, he knew in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think a ton of that comes down to execution, right? Yeah. Like that he was able to execute against these things. Because again, all these were criticisms or hurdles he had to get over, but he found a way to execute against them. I even think about the worth of a cosign at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Like he had Lil Wayne, but cosigns also, um, they raise expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, at this point, this is the biggest and arguably the best rapper mm -hmm. living yeah. at this time. Oh, wait, Wayne? Like the greatest rappers ever yeah. existed. You know, it's like and so prolific. And he has um, like this like crew of um, apprentices, right? We're throwing Nikki in there. We're throwing Tyga in there. We can throw Gutta Gutta in there. We have to. Uh, <laughs> little Chucky. Absolutely. Um, which was so odd that he looked so much like, like Little Chuck. Wayne. Um, oh my God. Who's the kid who was hanging out with Bieber and getting into trouble? Uh, oh, yeah. Little Twist. Yeah. Little oh, Twist. Yeah. Always little twist. in trouble. Um, Mac Mame was still rapping at this Mac point in time. Mame. So there was like this whole crew. Um, I'm curious we can talk about them but also just think about the era and this is like you want to say maybe the height or the beginning not the beginning but like kind of the the height or the crescendo of the blog era um, what was our outlook for Drake like when you look at like Young Money it kind of felt like he was one of the strongest in Young Money like just based off even that Bedrock video um, where it looks like he's the only one who's not playing part of the theme he's just <laughs> saying his own thing yeah. but um, when I think about like his peers right like at this point in time there's a uh, 
There's a J. Cole, mm-hmm. right? There's a Wale for sure at yeah. this time. Yeah. There's a Kid Cudi um, that's emerging at this time doing something yeah. completely different musically. Mm. There's, I'm going to say there's a, is Wiz kind of around at this time? Yeah. Wiz was there. Yeah. yeah. Wiz was there. Yeah, he was there. Mixtape Wiz. Mixtape yeah. Wiz. Yeah. Um, there's an early Big Sean around this time. There's a lot of people yeah. that became, um, you know, sort of like, the the some of the titans today mm-hmm. where were you all's like opinions and take like did you guys see if you're forecasting I'm, you could be rooting for drake but did you see him mm-hmm. achieving anything close to where he's at now based upon I mean, like the landscape this high is like definitely not this yeah. height but i mean i think especially even by thank me later i think it was pretty obvious that like he'd be someone who's gonna be around you know and i mean i think that whole kind of class you mentioned like wale was another one of my favorite rappers you know big sean like a lot of those people it kind of felt like they'd all kind of just go up together and kind of be, like, that was going to be the next, you know, leaders, basically. You know what I mean? I mean, in terms of, like, running the charts for, like, 10 years straight, like, I don't know if no. I'd say that was, like, my prediction, you know? But I feel like it was pretty apparent, I think, that Drake was going to be, like, it was not going to be, like, a quick, you know, flash in the pan, one-hit wonder, you know what I mean? Mm. But, yeah. Are we at, like, are we at Take Care yet? Yeah. So, oh, okay, are yeah, you I mean, in my fucking notes? You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we well, I'm, I'm just like I'm. I think Drake and Kanye are two artists that like. When I think about when their albums come out, I like yeah. think uh, like immediately what I was doing. I can see my in outfit. my life. Yeah. Abs- absolutely, can see my outfit. <laughs> and the thing about Drake that had me thinking like this might actually be something is like he had so much music to hear out side yeah you know like he had the r&b stuff but like he kept putting out stuff and by take care just like remembering how like hell yeah fucking right went off i was like this is a gigantic like not only gigantic song but this like feels like a big song for us yeah Yeah. like like when lord knows happened i was like this is like Mm -hmm. different than Mm. other shit before like jinx we were laughing about this earlier because like all this stuff happened right when we entered the recession workforce yeah in 2009 2010 (laughs) so like we had this dude who was like talking very aspirationally about shit that he had not gotten yet and it was like i i needed something to like make me feel excited so like he his ability to like make songs that like make R and B and make songs that women liked yeah. in a certain way, but also just like kind of being like a rallying cry type person for dudes trying yeah. to figure out their life. I'm like, well, that is like something that could give you a lot of success. Drake was rapping like, because I remember like Lord knows feels so aspirational, so exciting. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like hearing him rap Lord knows, and then in my life I'm like, God, if you listen to it, like please, <laughs> yeah. um. You know, it's like, I think about even that that album, right? It feels like that was a huge turning point for him, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be the one who feels like Thank Me Later didn't age well. But yeah. it clearly has older Drake style on there. For sure. Drake, when he's uh, performing and rapping and the hands flying behind him for That's whatever reason. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the, the He's getting ready to take flight rap. Um, yeah. But Thank Me Later felt like... Um, I mean, Take Care felt like he had cracked the code. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Thank Me Later and Take Care came out when I was in college. And so... I'm at Spelman in Atlanta, and at that time, like, like the most perfect. It was time the perfect of your life. time ever, and I think at that time, obviously, Atlanta rap was still very much the thing, and so you had the Migos, but Drake 
co-signed with the Migos. You yeah. had, mm-hmm. you know, K Camp, Ti was still everything. All of K-Camp. these, K Camp, uh, it was the yeah. the biggest thing. You you know, Travis Porter was on campus like every other week. Like that was the music of the time and yet Drake was still the biggest artist. I think that's what made me realize like this guy is not from Atlanta but he owns this city. You couldn't go to a strip club or anywhere in Atlanta and not hear a Drake record. Which is which is different because those um the way you're talking about a lot of these different spaces, not even just Atlanta, just like nationally or wherever, yeah. um, they all had their own genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know what a strip club song sounds like. You know what a club song sounds like. You know what a um hanging out in your dorm room song sounds like getting up with friends at a house party driving and it felt like he was resetting all of those venues at times to listen to the same song right it felt like he had this ability to be like I want my I want this new energy in this place that I frequent or that I want to be that those places previously had rules they had a sound they had an idea they had a tempo they had a they had a look Atlanta are very different places specifically now and during that time like the rapids you would hear out of Houston mm-hmm. in 2010 and 2011 wouldn't be the hottest things that you were hearing in Atlanta but you would hear Drake in Everywhere. both cities you said something interesting you started talking about the people Drake was working with is this is take care around this time is this when he starts to become I don't want to say necessarily kingmaker but there's a point in time where the Drake it's before he's doing the public cosign. He's actually just getting on songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Drake cosign starts to become a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, do we remember some of the co or like the features and, and joints that started to stand out? Yeah. I mean, definitely Versace. That was the most yes. obvious one for me. I mean, that was, was crazy. Blew up the Migos in San Diego. Migos was everywhere. You know what I mean? Um, like, after Take Care, that's when we really started getting into the like Drake Lucy's period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the like a great feature run because even in take care like it felt big that Mm -hmm. wayne Mm -hmm. was on hell yeah fucking right yeah because it's like damn like this is these are two people this is like a king and someone that like clearly has a path but they are they are like Mm -hmm. feel like equals on this song (laughs) do you even him and rick ross on lord knows like he's rapping bar for bar with like one of the best like lyricists out at the time you know what i mean like um, I'm sorry. I just I think about Little Wayne in the Hell Yeah Fucking Right video where like there's clearly a theme and he's just like no. <laughs> yes. He, oh, with the- <laughs> suspenders, shorts. He's just dressed At like the bar mitzvah. Travis Barker. Yeah. It sounds yeah. specific. Also, yeah. just one other thing is like I do think it's important to like acknowledge the power of culturally important music videos mm-hmm. even yeah, yeah. at that time. Like yeah. that mm-hmm. video, him doing a bar mitzvah. I feel like that is like that changed so much yeah. stuff for him because he's like he's acknowledging the thing. He's not running away from the things yeah. that could yeah, be used yeah, against yeah. him. He's he's pulling them closer to his center. Yeah. One thing yeah. that I thought about recently, though, is that during this whole time, Drake, aside from Rihanna and Beyonce here and there, Drake has never co-signed himself with a pop star. Like you can think of every major rapper has done something with like a Selena Gomez or a Taylor Swift or like mm. has tried to like go over yeah. to do some sort of collab. Even Especially Wayne and Ariana that. Grande, like you have every single one of them have done yeah. the crossover or a collab with a pop star. Jay, and, with a, even with R&B, which was bro, that pop level. And, Kendrick was on Taylor Swift, bro. That was wild. <laughs> Who was on Taylor Swift? <laughs> Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick exactly. Weren't, they in, the, weren't like, they in the Invisible Coop? Yeah. <laughs> Drake has never done it yet, or has and doesn't yeah. hasn't felt like he had to even in that era. We're like, okay, this is gonna be the top forty mm-hmm. song that I do. Maybe the week the weekend became more top forty 
Yeah. After but Drake's Drake the one that was still in Drake's world, it wasn't like Drake going into a whole exactly. different space. Drake, Drake to, pulled know. the weekend along into mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting is that you're we're saying that he almost didn't go the route we thought. We thought yeah. he could be angling for pop. What's interesting around this era, and I don't think it's exactly this album, but we'll just start to call it this Take Care era. Okay. Um, I think what's the next album is um, nothing, nothing was, was the, the same. same. Drake yeah. is he catches his first beef, right? Mm. Is this state scheming? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Crazy. First yeah. off, if I'm not mistaken, is this a song where French Montana invents Fanute the Coup? Fanute the Coup. <laughs> what is, does that and, mean? No one knows. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of I feel like I know, but Fanute the Coup, and this is also after French Montana invents outfit. Outfit. Not outfit, okay. outfit. He's like, remember when you were in the same outfit? I was so high on French at this time. I was yeah. like, he's changing everything verbally. But, and it was interesting to see Drake with artists like that, right? Like Drake can angle towards lyricists. He can angle towards guys that are making sort of street vibes like French mm-hmm. Montana. But he uses his song Stay Scheming and he completely torches Common. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's incredible. I'm trying to remember the lines. Oh my God. Also, that Stay Scheming verse reminds me that like one of Drake's superpowers is like being able to like know when to just like do the whole two minute long verse like i'm about to just like rap for two straight minutes remember aston martin music oh Mm -hmm. yeah like that is like a real drake differentiator of Mm -hmm. him being Uh, like i'm gonna go like like lemon pepper freestyle like these are just like incredible rap those are a lot of my favorite drake songs the ones where he just like all right give me the loop and i'm gonna just go we're watching him start to build the drake arsenal right Mm -hmm. like he's not going pop um He's not even leaning into all, like, he's, this is also the era we starting to pull away from Wayne as, like, a mm-hmm. cosign. is like, hey, I'm my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing around with guys that could be his peers, but, like, Rick Ross is clearly not, but he's like, I'm going to kind of edge past you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still taking aim at, like, legends, right? Like, this is the beginning of, not paranoid Drake, but, like, is this the beginning of evil Drake? It starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? When he's like, oh, yeah. I wanted everyone to love me. Everyone doesn't love me. And mm-hmm. he's like, damn, can I... Can I rap? Can I like? Can I? Punish well, that's this when guy? he starts talking about the the people he looked up to are now seeing him as an app. They're like, yeah, yeah. I looked up to all these guys. Like I was a huge fan, which I think about when we talk about the position he was in. He was a young kid in his mom's yeah. basement listening to music the same way we do. Like this yeah. is just like if tomorrow Rim became the biggest rapper in the world. I'm like, he's such a fan. <laughs> Why do y'all hate him? I I think about Drake's heart being broken. Yeah. Even if we get towards the Kanye beef, I feel like that hurt him when I was watching the Amazon footage of the Kanye Drake concert and mm. Drake rapping every line to Kanye songs. I was like, I know that beef hurt him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pusha hurts him. Yeah. He was he was the one who probably bought the first clips album. Like this hurts yeah. him. And that to me is like <laughs> some of the most relatable. Drake. Yeah. Mm. Like that is like that's a real human mm-hmm. thing. Not the like I got enemies. I got like, <laughs> like that's like okay, you like I don't I don't feel like I walk through the world with enemies. Mm. But like getting older, I've always been fascinated with like just Drake as an aging, growing up yeah. person, and just like you get to certain places, and mm-hmm. you know you have to grow up and realize like yeah. the the people you meet and the situations that you get in aren't always what they seem. Like yeah. him rapping about that at times, f- like felt like something in a very small thing I could see in my own life. I think when we talked about cohesive albums before. Yeah. Um, honestly, never mind. I feel like nothing was the same as probably one of his most distinct, yeah. cohesive sounds. Like, I don't know what song is it. There's 305 to My City, but there's a song before it and after it, and they, they yeah. just bleed mm. and run right into each other. You can coast 
yeah. on that album. We're talking about a lot of Drake's wins and his evolution, but in the next chapters, we do start to get to a spot where like Drake is facing like act, like real opposition. Like it's not common says something in an interview and Drake's like, all right, like that's over. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. we're uh, we're entering the Meek Mill era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Soon coming is the Pusha T era. Uh, yeah. Is there ever a window, and this could be at any point in Drake's career, where you guys were, is it over? Like, is there ever a point where you considered that it might not, even for a second? Mm. I have no. I have a thought of my own where I think Meek Mill was interesting because Drake just kind of outwrapped him, and I realized that he was super formidable in the sense that like yeah. he's not just gonna like push you off the bridge; mm-hmm. he might hop off and hold your head underwater. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was like, and he knew how to do it in so many facets. Like he wasn't just outwrapping you; he was memeing you. Oddly yeah, enough, yeah. times with OVO Fest, so he's yes. going to bring that on stage. He's a massive celebrity, so now you got like Will Smith and Kanye West laughing at you, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like Drake seemed to be. He was more than a formidable opponent. But I think um, when the ghostwriting allegations first came out, yeah. it felt like, again, like we were jumping back to 2009 where all the boxes he didn't check, you were trying to wonder if they were going to matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ghostwriting thing felt like, even for like a day or two or a week, it felt like it really mattered. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think, I think if Meek... I think Meek just did not know how to deal with somebody like Drake. Because like you said, Drake was doing so many different things. And Drake or Meek put out that one like diss track that was just like kind of mid like it wasn't even that great of a song but like on top of that the presentation wasn't there so like i feel like that probably was the moment where if any of the beats were going to get him because that was the first one too and it's like after he beat the ghost writing allegations like that's like hip-hop you you write your stuff and like if you're able to beat that and keep going like there's not really much that can really knock you off i feel like you know what i mean that's the moment where i started to not doubt him but i thought this would undo anyone yeah, I and think I, a different opponent could have got him out though. But I think just like Drake at that point, like he was so popular and he knew like okay, the masses care much more about memes and jokes and all the other stuff too. I think this is where Drake also trans starts to transcend hip hop a little bit and just yeah. becomes his own artist because someone like me, I'm not a hip hop head. Uh-huh. When it came out, I didn't care. I'm like, well, the songs yeah. are great. Exactly. <laughs> the songs are amazing. Exactly. I don't care if he wrote or if he didn't. I think that we're getting to that era now where hip hop is so big that it's yeah. not just the purists who are like, did you write this with no pen? Like Jay-Z just goes into the booth. Yeah. Me personally, I'm like, you can have 16 writers on the song. Make the song something hot I want to listen to. Mm. And he had such good music that when you think of if you're reading this at too late and you're like, okay, so be it, Quentin wrote all of that, even though if you really do listen to the lyrics, they're so personal that's like, uh-huh. how can Drake have not written have some of it. these words? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just like, it, they're good songs. It was a great yeah. project. Yeah. I'm going to listen to One it. One of his best. I think, I think him versus Meek felt like when like one person is like going up against like a whole team. Mm. Like yeah. it just felt like unmapped. Like Drake has yeah. two many ways that he can like yeah. hurt you it's like you talk shit about Drake and his ghostwriters now yeah. they're on your ass too <laughs> yeah. but I also think like what Jasmine is saying is true which is like this was also happening like around the same time as he just had like like 2015 2016 yeah. is like his 08 Wayne yeah moment he put out like if you're reading this too late and the shit with Future in the same year leading into summer 16 I was like that was like an 18 month period of like absolute that was my my freshman year in college so I just got to campus and all that was everything (laughs) anyone wanted to hear start to finish at the party like Like, when you're ranking your life that's gotta be like top top three years what a time to be alive I feel like 
for a lot of people, is not their favorite Drake project. But for me personally... <laughs> Who are those people? <laughs> yeah. I, I always see, but for me personally, like, yeah. just because of where I was, like, that was my, like, yeah. oh, I'm out the house. I'm, like, on college. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I was playing that album, the pregame, every single night. Yeah. Jumpman, I was, like, on somebody's garage, like, going crazy, yeah. like, just having a blast. Like <laughs> What I thought was interesting about the um, that chapter two with Drake is that he has this ability to both rewrite a rule and play into the thing that everyone cares about. Mm-hmm. Like, ghostwriting should undo you, yeah. right? It should. He rewrote that rule in a way that, like, people don't ever even talk about it with people, and now yeah. people are much more open about collaboration and bringing yeah. other people into the process. You'll see that people just discuss it, and it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it happened before, but people would hide it. Mm-hmm. And at the yeah. same time, the other thing he did is he was like, but if we're going to do a beef, I'm going to win. Yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah. and then you, if you had to choose which one mattered more... Yeah. He made it so that if you get in the beef, you know, if you get in the fight, you got to win. We're talking about Drake rewriting the rules. Something shifts after the beef, it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, Drake, it seems almost like he starts to remove himself from calling himself, like, he definitely called himself, like, uh, TBE, the best ever. But it mm-hmm. feels like he stops, he almost makes, like, a conscious effort to be like, I'm not going to follow the rules of rap. Like, don't put me over here. I'm not angling for the yeah. best rapper. Which feels like it's both a conversation about meek and fandom also like cole and kendrick who mm-hmm. are clearly angling for it drake starts to almost say like it is sort of that like don't call me a rapper thing mm-hmm. not that rap that rap is beneath you but mm-hmm. there's a passive aggressiveness that comes up mm-hmm. with drake mm-hmm. um it feels like there's a shift there that a lot of people started to walk in after that like they wanted mm-hmm. to it's almost like he said he didn't care about being their best rapper and a lot of other artists yeah. started to excuse yeah. themselves from the rules that come with having to be the best rapper yeah 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 does that feel, like, accurate? Yeah, but I also think, I mean, if you think of music as a whole, everyone was trying to change the game. Like, you think of someone like mm. Beyonce, where she's like, now I'm just going to go by my own rules. I'm going to put out surprise albums and drop when I want to drop. And every, I think everyone kind of was like, okay, if I'm now a power player, yeah. I can make my own rules. And I think Drake took that opportunity to say, what are my rules and what do I want to play by? And if we move out of, um, if you're reading this into more life, you get a very in views, you get a very clear vision that he wants to get in a bag of making the music he wants to make. You hear yeah. the UK influences and the drill, and you start getting into the Caribbean Drake, and all of that happens. Drake, and he Caribbean gets, Drake. He gets yeah, yeah, he gets ragged on, Wong he gets Wong dragged Drake. for like his Lenox accents Drake. and stuff. <laughs> and it, but he does it unapologetically. He just leans uh, into it, and I think that's where he wanted to move. More so than being this pressure of, mm-hmm. are you the best rapper? Are you making the music that you're, you're the most proud of? We've talked about those projects, maybe aging well, but how did you guys feel? Because he faced, he start, this is like also the point in time where he's facing a ton of criticism. People feel like he's missing, that the albums aren't like, you know, head to toe bangers. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's criticism for more like, there's criticism for views, I feel like, especially. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm emotional about Views. views. And More Life, honestly. More Life is my favorite (laughs) project. And Uh I love Views. And I think there's a lot of... More Life's your favorite. A lot of revisionist history with Views. Because the night that Views dropped, Mm -hmm. I think he aired it. He had a deal or whatever on OVO Radio. Mm -hmm. And so you had to listen to it like in real time. And everyone's on Twitter like, this is so cool and whatever. We Mm -hmm. all have to listen to it. And all the tweets where Views was trash. And for like months, all I saw was Views is trash, Views is trash, Views is trash. Fast forward four years later, Views aged so well. But views is great. Views is Is, is Hotline Bling Views? Is that? Yeah, it's on yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Views, yeah. I remember Views. But people didn't like, understand. It was a big record, but at first people were like, what is he? like?" You mean Hotline Bling? Yeah, like yeah. massive record, but I think yeah. people were like, <laughs> 
but what is he doing? You know, it's well, a really random song <laughs> if you really think about it. Like, completely. it doesn't make any sense, but it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's fine. But, like, that song should not come from the top kid at the block and become like the biggest stream but the song. Video, ever. That the should memes, not happen. He was just, I mean, it all, yeah. it all came together. Yeah. On that but this song. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's his hot in here. Like, There's, that's like, just like <laughs> wow. That's like a, just that's like a, a, like a hey ya type song. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, any of these things should have like undone when someone, him? right? Like, yo, to have out people declaring a trash yeah. right to remove yourself from the best rapper running to make a song hotline bling yes yeah. it's a massive hit and this it feels like it used to be a massive hit over there like when you did the pop record yeah. but all these things are starting to i also think especially at that time though a drake was so big that it's not possible for him to make an album that everyone is gonna like and That's... b this is like twitter is massive now so like people just want to hate on something to hate on something i mean i feel like he's maybe been this way for a long time but at Mm. this point in time i started to have this idea of like is drake too big to fail and yeah and i guess i started to wonder who is he for like is he for me the rap fan who's obviously like eclectic and following through with all the paths he's going to but it's like you're still hearing it today like yo when are you gonna like rap like when are you gonna give us stay scheming when are you gonna go off on like when are you gonna give us I don't think he's for that I really think Drake I say this all the time Drake makes music for people who like Drake specifically if you Mm. like Drake's music you Mm. will also like this because the last three projects together for me I I just ran back Dark Lane demo tapes and I'm like this is so great and so amazing my friends are like I never listened to that like who Mm. listens to that I was like me I'm obsessed I listen (laughs) to this and so I think he knows his lane really well so if you were like a Drake fan which I think there's obviously millions of people who are he doesn't fail but I think like using Jasmine as an (laughs) example like I something I've thought about a lot is like like, thinking about just, like, Drake and J. Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Dr- J. Cole, like, Drake is more popular than uh, J. Cole. <laughs> yeah, but than everyone. But, like, J. Cole has, like, like loyalists where yeah. he is, like, a lot of people's number one and there's, like, no close yeah. number two. I think Jasmine sure. is, like, an example of a Drake loyalist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I don't think, like, I think the dr- number of Drake loyalists is like small compared to just like the kind of passive to active Drake fan. And there's something about him, like thinking about Beyonce, like Beyonce has like an army of loyalists rally to defend her. Thinking about Braun, there are people, there are people who are like, who spend their days like pushing back against people who are like, LeBron isn't the best of all time. They're like, here are 30 reasons why. And that's something that I feel like Drake doesn't have in mass of just like an army of defenders is just like we're here, the graham crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I love learning that's something wild. new every day, like the graham crackers. Um, but no, that's interesting because it's it doesn't feel like like when I think about anything in rap, Jay and Oz, loyalist, Kanye, massive loyalist, right? Um, Drake, it's interesting that like there's a more like concentrated effort of people that really rock with him but there's so many he's just so big that where are you gonna go and not know who he is like tom cruise Mm -hmm. yeah right just like like, just like a part of our culture and like yeah and it's um and it just feels like all the steps he took to get there almost if you were to like write that formula out and put almost anyone else's face as a multiplier i'm not sure 
I'm not sure we would get there. Yeah. We've gone through a lot of Drake stuff. Before we get into looking ahead portion, um, we've talked about the different Drakes, right? There's like Roadman Drake. There's mm-hmm. uh, arguably sad, but definitely lustful Drake. There's <laughs> lying Drake. There, mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different versions of Drake. If yeah. you have your own, what's your what's your version of Drake? Like there's a yeah. whole, you're in the toy store and there's all the Drake action figures. Yeah. And you got to walk away with one. Which mm-hmm. Drake is the Drake? I mean, I definitely That's- love sad and depressed like sappy drake like damn and I really, the song that goes with it i really you know fumbled the bag with her mm. um dang the song that goes with it i fumbled the bag with her crazy i don't know i mean the the two songs right now that are in my head are either teenage fever or race my mind like i'm just like oh, race my mind just is like race my mind my blood. Blood. It's, it's yeah. such Im- I don't know if we'll ever get to CLB, but that's probably the thing that makes me most angry today. I don't care what people mm-hmm. think about this, but most people say, are now using this moment to say, well, CLB was trash. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not trash. Have y'all heard Pipe Down? <laughs> it's crazy. But it's not a trash it's not a, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got thoughts on that album, too. Um, favorite, I feel like up until Views, my favorite Drake was probably Two Minute Going Off Drake, mm-hmm. like Aston Martin. Um, Lord knows, like the ride. It's like when he just like loads up the beat and just the ride know, ethers it. Four yeah. AM and Calabas. Yeah, oh, all those, all those <laughs> oh, series. Yeah. I think those are my favorite. I feel like he's tried to do that in recent years, and I don't know what it is, but like Lemon Pepper Freestyle is good, but like they good. haven't hit. Yeah. Like that's he set a very high bar with those records, and like he can still do it fine, but he hasn't come close to like what he did back then. So now I feel like I don't know what my favorite Drake is now, honestly. Mm. In a weird way, I kind of like Sickle Mode Drake. Mm. Just like, okay. let me get on the biggest song that's going to be everywhere with that, like, you know, um, Southern Bounce to it and just go. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite now, but I don't know. I, I still I still can't put that at the same level as that two-minute Drake, but he just hasn't given me a song like that yeah. that I put at that level in quite a while, you know? I feel that a lot. Mm-hmm. Rem? I have three. Yes. <laughs> if I'm three. in the store... <laughs> And it's, you know, Action. the vending machine. What do yeah. I get? So there's Boastful Drake. Okay. Like, this is the Drake that makes me do great things. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Drake that gets me going. So, like, like nigga, we made it. Like, that, is, like, mm. that song, like, can alter my entire day if I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Once. Shout out to Soldier. Um, <laughs> but, like, also, like... Like zero to a hundred and like nonstop. Mm. Like these are just like yeah. nonstop. Like, is nuts. These are yeah. absolutely nuts. Like yeah. cocky, arrogant. Like I'm the dude. No. Like sometimes yeah, yeah. you need to hear that at seven thirty in the morning before you go have a day of meetings. Yes. Like you gotta like get yourself into the mindset that like you're that dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's health. It's very healthy to like be able to compartmentalize and don't actually begin thinking you're that person because oh, then yeah, you yeah. think you're Drake and then that's where it all <laughs> that's what was you my really 20s got ops like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm walking around just like like I have ops it's like no I'm going to the bodega I'm getting a fucking turkey sandwich yeah. um, I really love like contemplative Drake mm-hmm. like I love champagne poetry that wow. is like a beautiful beautiful like what does it all mean uh-huh. who am i how where do i exist mm-hmm. in the world like and that's been there in different yeah. versions of drake mm-hmm. i was gonna ask does that still time. like hit the same to you oh yeah like, like, like here's versus... the thing 
being 35 and hearing uh, champagne poetry, I was like, me and Drake are back. Like, <laughs> like we're back to like thinking about the same thing. He's a dad. Nice. I want to be a dad. Okay. Me and Drake like out here yeah. thinking about. And then the third one is just like Drake hops on a feature. Like it's not even just the Lucy one, but just like Drake on like block boy like look yeah. a lot. Like that's a per- oh, like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's a perfect yeah. that's a perfect use of yeah. Drake. Just coming in and just like yeah. like making Shelby making Jack. someone famous yeah. and just like like yeah. because I think something I've had to just think about a lot is like there's so much stuff to think about Drake. But when you think about the one rap song on the latest project, it's like Drake yeah. can rap. Like mm-hmm. Drake, that's yeah. like not a question anymore. Like Drake is a good rapper and can yeah. dial it in when he needs to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he does that, it feels like a gift. It's like, it's not yeah. the same, but it's like that run of three stacks versus. Yeah. Mm. Like that was a legendary run where he's just like, He's got some energy. He wants to hop on some stuff. It's very unclear who mm. it's going to be, but we, we're going to get blessed yeah, with the, yeah, like, yeah. Drake's not there yet because he is not yeah. Andre Benjamin. <laughs> but yeah, there's still yeah, some yeah. of that energy yeah. sometimes where it's like, yeah. oh, like, oh, Drake top on this? I bet I'm about to be entertained. Yeah. yeah. I am. Even to your point about, like, you love and boastful Drake, I kind of feel like him hopping on, like, Block Boy's song or, like, even, like, Sycamo, like, when he goes on somebody else's song and, like, all, people only care about his verse. Yeah. I feel like that's the biggest boastful you can get. Like yeah. you, he just went over, took over your song, yeah. and no one even cares about you no more. He learned that's a Drake Wayne. song now. Like yeah. Well, this morning yeah. when I was driving here, I was listening to him and Bad Bunny, and I was like, mm-hmm. Bad Bunny is such a huge star. I was like, mm-hmm. of course Drake would do a song with yeah. Bad Bunny. He mm-hmm. and he's literally, I was like, he was living for the moment to speak Spanish. A thousand percent. But like, yeah. I, I think everyone. First off, every Drake that y'all said, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm into all those Drakes, but mm-hmm. I also like. Like I, I really do more in the, the Drake uh, call like sort of like coordinates Drake, where he's like, I'm in this city, I'm rapping yeah. at this yeah. time, yeah. and to be yeah, able to yeah. go off like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or coordinates Drake, or <laughs> or feature Drake, where he's like, All right, what are you doing over there? I appreciate what you're doing. I'm gonna do that. Like I'm gonna do the Migos flow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm gonna get on Block Boys Joint and and go crazy. And I kind of miss that version of him, but I think my favorite Drake is probably um embattled Drake mm. where he's like mm. you know it's a little bit of paranoia but like yo um, it's like a, oh my god what is the Netflix show where he's like my enemies are after me um, Hot Boy? Oh. oh my god oh my god Ozark? No, it's the it's like the documentary. Oh, this guy's the guy a scammer. From the Tinder swindler. Tinder swindler. When Drake, when, <laughs> Top yeah, Boy no. Ozark. No, the Tinder, well, Tinder all swindler. Those, all those shows, their enemies are in fact after them. But like he's like he's like yo, he's like send money. My enemies are after me. Yeah. Drake's like I'll send you money. My enemies are after me. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like embattled Drake. Um, yeah. Does charged up fall into embattled Drake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, That's he, a great that um, yeah. any beef Drake kind of falls into that, or when he's just like yo, like. People are rooting against. People are rooting for my downfall. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I like that Drake. I was listening to Fake Love this morning. I was like, wow. Over a crazy beat that doesn't even line up with it, but he, yeah. and he means me. it. It's funny because like sometimes it's like face. people want my downfall, but then other times he's like speaking so abstractly. It's like there's like a syndicate <laughs> that is like coordinated for his downfall. I was like, I don't mm. know who you're talking about, but like I, I do hope you you get through. It's this. like a regionalized organized crime right <laughs> yeah. it's just in this city that he's happened to be in also summer 16 just summer like 16. he he did have a summer and it was and incredible we literally that talk was, about uh, summer 16 like that's <laughs> like, a, like that's, that's the last time yeah, I that's felt like an good. era yeah <laughs> it's the last time I felt good um 
but I think I, I think yeah. there's some things that Drake isn't really doing anymore. I think those are things I miss. Um, and going forward, I kind of want to highlight those because we talked a lot about we talked a lot about the ways that he reinvented rap. He broke down a lot or music. He broke down a lot of the rules. Um, I think he has the effect like Eminem had, where like rap just reached so many more people that weren't calling it rap. Mm-hmm. But I also think at the same time he's kind of eroded ideas of rap, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of things that you could never do at the top of the decade. You couldn't do when he started. You couldn't do in 2012. Yeah. And you can get away you can get away with now. It just yeah. it works completely differently. Um and then we get a project like this where he does certify lover boy. Some people pan it, some people don't. Like to see him jump into this new form and people kind of shitted on COB or some people had a lot of thoughts and the, the talk started to happen is yeah. Drake at his peak. How is he dropping albums that aren't like we don't feel like there's all bangers here. The rap crowd doesn't feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. He's built this R&B contingency that's like, uh, is yeah. this the song we want? Mm-hmm. And then the next project, um, he doesn't give either of those crews anything. He says, I'm going to do something different. It makes a record that's essentially like a dance record. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a ton of feedback, a ton of criticism saying, mm-hmm. who is he now? Mm-hmm. And where is he going? Mm-hmm. We all talked about we like the album. I, I'm super into that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd hear... Uh, uh, crumbs of Jersey Club mm-hmm. on a Drake record. Yeah. Ever. Took me back to like d- my dipset dressing days. Like yeah. I never thought I'd see it. But to me, it felt like I understand the the impetus to do it. Like it feels like it's a tribute to Virgil, his relationship with him. He wanted a lot of people are making music that feels like mm-hmm. let's strip away some of the things that have kept us inside yeah. and things that really haven't moved us. Like what's a street record when you're not in the streets or the streets are really ugly? Mm-hmm. You know, what's a party record when parties feel kind of you know, like, uh, overdone. It's like, this is a dance record. You could be in your, your car, you could be in your home, you can be outside. Um, but still, a lot of people, like, push back against it. And I haven't seen a ton of conversation where people, the people who are against it seem like they're still against it. Yeah. I mean, I also think he did a lot of creativity to the album beyond it just being house music. Like, it was his friend Gordo is the one who produced mm-hmm. most of it. And I think there's a unique sound, but when... I re-listened to it. Like, you think of a song like Sticky, which seems to be the standout one. Like, obviously, he's rapping nonstop on that. He's not really singing. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, Texco Green, where he is singing. But then you get to, like, Liability. And that is, like, a straight, like, chopped and screwed type so of good. sound. Yeah. And I was like, there's so many different flavors here within this one album that you kind of miss it if you just kind of... And me and my friends have a whole group chat about this specific album and oh, wow. we all like la- named our favorite songs and I was like no one likes Falling Back or what's the first one called Falling Back Falling Back, Falling yeah. back. and I was intro. just like not that we don't like it and I was like <laughs> so the intro and Falling Back if like you didn't get caught up in those first ones and never mm-hmm. went back to it you were missing a lot of like good drums that could be for you I think maybe it was a miss direct i was like i also tweeted recently i was like why don't people ever put out the song that clearly should have been the single like Mm. falling back is not the single i wonder too it's like for drake it's like is he just rewriting the rules so much that it the things that would be normal like inclinations for most artists just don't matter to him yeah i have no clue i mean i guess he obviously spent a ton of money to Mm. do a wedding with 300 (laughs) different women (laughs) that's insane and shoot a whole video for it and Mm -hmm. tristan thompson and all the crazy stuff that comes with that video so he must have cared a lot about the song Mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem like it's the one and i think the formula is right there i do Mm -hmm. question like why like he is just kind of doing what he wants to do versus what might have helped more people like, get into it. I feel like Drake doesn't really need a single at this point, though. Also, yeah. like, I mean, I, like, it's still like the number one out. Like, it's still the album is mm-hmm. gonna go crazy, and people are gonna 
put what they want in their own, you know, party set, pregame set, regardless of what Drake says, like, this is the single. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't have picked it either, personally, but <laughs> I feel like, because he's been coming out of so much beef, there was, like, the Kanye beef that just dragged on for forever and ever and ever, and still kind of put his foot in Certified Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. I feel like after they had their whole, like, reunion show, and they're, you know, good or whatever, I feel like now he's just trying to, like, let me just have fun and do whatever I want to do. Mm. Um, so I feel like even putting out a song like Falling Back that, you know, obviously we wouldn't pick as a single, but he's just like, I just want to do it. So he's kind of like, I think he's earned that that statement and that place to be able to just, you know, kind of do whatever at this point, you know. Do we think that the stuff Drake's put out in this project, and maybe even the last one, do we think that's his, among his best work? I, I've seen people say a lot lately that albums don't really matter anymore compared to singles and songs because people's attention span is short. And I personally still love albums, but I kind of feel like Drake is the best example of that because personally, I haven't, as an album, I haven't liked the Drake album since More Life. There will be songs that I like on Certified Lover Boy, there's songs I like on Scorpion, mm-hmm. there's songs I like on this, but like, I'm never playing any of these albums front to back and being like, wow, this is such a great project. I pick out, you know, my five or eight songs out of 25 or whatever there is and I go back to that and that's kind of it for me you know what I mean so as an album I think him being so big and so massive probably doesn't lead to the best work because I I feel like there's probably not as much like the stakes aren't really there you know back in the beginning it's like I gotta prove myself I gotta do this I gotta do that Mm -hmm. he's done everything at this point so he's just like let me just go in the studio you know, do something that seems fun to me, put it out, make hella money, go tour. You know what just I mean? Just gamble, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gambling. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I mean. I feel like you're right, though. And comparing it to the TV world, like, mm. you'll watch a show and you're like, why is the these characters dying and not these characters? Or why mm. isn't this happening? And I hear from a lot of writers and showrunners, like, yes, I want to appease the fans, but this is my art. This is my show. This is what I want to happen. I have the opportunity to create a television show and to Mm -hmm. make this happen. We have to obviously adhere to an audience who is watching it, and I'm thankful that there's an audience who watches my show, but I can't have the audience dictate the way in which I'm going to go with the story that I'm creating. Writing is my craft. I'm going to write what I want to write, and I think we need to give the same to music artists, too, where, like, Mm. he wants to make the music he wants to make we might get an album next time that really is like where are we going here like i don't know if i could take all drake drill i don't know i'm gonna try it out but if it's like 20 drill songs in a row viral movie i feel like also drake's output compared to his peers like compared to beyonce rihanna kendrick like they're not really putting out they might put out one kendrick put out one project for the first time in like five years like rihanna is done you know beyonce's (laughs) coming back but she takes time you know i feel like if the alternative is drake just saying you know whatever i'm just not going to do nothing for ever four or five years you mm-hmm. know what i mean like what would what would you would you guys rather him take like four years to make a project or just keep you know doing Damn, something that's a really you know good question I mean? um he's the only one that's really this consistent at his platform or any it really mean? in history right yeah. musical history no one's kind of released this much in canon yeah. within canon at that level with that as a rapper yeah. Yo, like Prince, yeah. dropping shit. I, like, think, I think about Prince a lot because Prince put out a lot of albums under different monikers, yeah. and a lot of them are weird as hell. The Loyalists are like there for everything, but people went in and out of like Prince is my guy because Prince took time to like figure out 
the ride, the the wave that he was going to ride now. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I would actually never want it on record that I think Drake is Prince. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, oh, you that, that hearing y'all talk about this is really interesting because I think what Drake is up against is like, and success for him to me is like someone who can have multiple peaks over the course of a long mm. career. And what Drake is very good at is he studies fucking everyone. Yep. He is looking how everyone else is doing their career. He is like repositioning himself as peers to different people. Like he, there's, there was clearly a switch where he started thinking of like Beyonce as his peer. He's you like know, thinking like, of Bezos as his peer. Yeah, like, like, I mean, yeah I mean, like he's also like a, a, a maniac. He's nuts. But I think... You know, when I when I really think about these like last, especially this last project, but just like kind of the evolution he's be on, he's been on, there is one way to look at it, which is like he, like there's a type of music that's hot, and so he wants to latch on to the hot thing. Mm-hmm. Another way to look at it is like he's getting into new stuff, yeah, yeah. and he doesn't like he knows he knows the lands that he can tap into yeah. to, like, make people feel things Like, about why is it looked at as a negative thing when Drake does it? Like, I feel like he's... Well, I think it's a negative a... thing when, like, when most, when most people yeah. divert, yeah. go off-center. And so, like, I think what is interesting me about Drake right now is, like, I've had multiple runs. Like, I'm back being a Drake fan. Like, mm. Certified Lover Boy brought me back mm. because, like, more life... And Scorpion and Dark, like, like I just, like, I wasn't in a headspace to really be, like, listening to Drake. I was, like, trying to get my life together, which is not a time to listen to Drake, <laughs> you know? So, like, I was just, like, I kind of taken my foot off the Drake gas. Is that why and my then, life's not together? Because yeah, yeah. all I do is listen to Drake. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, coming coming back to Drake has been this interesting thing because, like, now I'm, like, back on the bandwagon for a third mm. time. And I think that's actually a really sustainable way to have mm-hmm. a long career. Because he's in his mid-30s. Yeah. And one of the great, like, artistic stresses of being in your mid-30s after, like, having done things is, like, have I already peaked? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I think that's just what he's going through. He's trying to, like, figure out what his next thing is. Like, I, I in is this album... The next thing, like, I don't think it is. I think he's, like, figuring out what that next thing. And I think we'll have a, uh, I'll have a fourth peak and a fifth peak wow. as Dre. Uh, because, like, I, I think he's, intre- he's, his behavior kind of suggests that he wants to, it's as important for him to stay, like, interesting mm-hmm. as it is for him to be famous. Mm. And so, like, he, but in order to stay interesting, you it, sometimes that takes time to figure out, like, what interesting yeah. Yeah. Is so it's like it's a I mean it is kind of a roller coaster but I have felt really comfortable like being in and then like taking a step back because like that project's not for me but I feel like you're on a little journey yeah and like something's gonna happen where I'm gonna be like okay I'm back other people never left but I I'm back damn I'm thinking about it so it's like I feel like everyone here kind of feels like he's not he's not at his peak. Like he's there's more to come, or well, he's at one of the, there's peaks. Like yeah. there's there's like I don't like. Will he have a 2015, 2016 moment? Yeah. Like I don't know about that because yeah. that was like a yeah. that was like a 08 Wayne moment. Like that's like a once a decade yeah. moment. And like I hope someone else has that moment. I hope someone else yeah. gets to have that moment. But I do think peaks where everyone is like 
oh, like, he he got locked in. And what you're doing makes the moment different. Like, when you're barring everyone up, that's a different energy, right? Like, it's a just, it elicits a different response. But it's like if Jake, if Drake drops the album as good as any of Sade's, people are going to be like, oh, shit. And that's not like a, everybody's yeah. not, that's not yeah. the same type of energy, but yeah. it's still an appreciation. I mean, I guess we're trying to figure that out in real time of, like, what does rap look like at this age? Because... Mm-hmm. Jay-Z is really one of the few of his peers at his level that's, like, active. I think he was just on a a podcast with Kevin Hart or someone recently. He's like, I'm not retired or something like that. Like, I know I retired that one time, but I would never leave the game. He's like, I'm not actively making albums, but I do know I have a gift. And I think Drake would consider himself the same way. I don't know. Obviously, you're comparing him to LeBron. His body has to stop playing basketball at a certain time. Like, he really does. Where, like, rap... I hope, even though Drake be suited up like he be at war with the same like stuff that LeBron has after playing in the NBA Finals, whatever, knee injuries and stuff. Mm. Um, I do think that he has a longevity ahead of him, and he's probably the first example of like what we're gonna see of like how long can this go. So I don't know if we can answer the question until. Yeah. It just happens in you've all you've all been extremely favorable for Drake because I keep <laughs> really just because I, I thought about some of these you know you give this basketball comparison and yeah you know you um your basketball IQ increases but your body can't keep up with the game and there's new people that come in and everything you did to the game to change it people catch up to mm-hmm. I think Drake is definitely um, experiencing people catching up to what he's doing for sure mm-hmm. um, maybe not at the scale he's doing mm-hmm. I think his IQ has increased. But I think there's still something you said about, especially in music, um, being young and having all the sort of mechanisms, even if that mechanism is a desire to make it or experimentation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if Drake is always going to have his finger on the pulse or be the pulse, right? Like to be able to be like, this is what's in style. And I haven't seen anyone age do that successfully with age. Yeah. I do wonder if his popularity is going to change just in terms of this new generation of people younger than us. Um, like, I think of that moment at Tyler's, was it Camp Flog now, yeah. or whatever? And I was like, who are that these kids? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, who are we, these people? We didn't talk about that. And I That's made crazy. A, I made a joke recently. I was like, in the next 10 to 15 years, like, Drake's going to headline Essence Fest. Like, I'm the auntie. Like, I oh, want to go to Essence. So true. And yeah. I want to see Drake. And I'm like, maybe he's yeah. going to continue to be great for me, just the way my certain people for my mom are always great yeah. For her, but I don't can't say for the younger like people who are in their teens and early twenties and coming up. Someone new will come. Yeah, you know? I'm yeah. like the little babies or whoever, Jack Harlow, whoever is like king. I, I, I knew the first time I'd never heard anyone talk shit about Jay Z ever in my life till I got on Twitter and I was on Twitter <laughs> and someone one day was like, someone just they just shitted on him and I was like, like I forget what it was, but they just shitted on him. I didn't think you could do it. It never mm. happened in my real life. <laughs> And it was someone that was like, yeah, like, I'm younger. I don't really fuck with Jay. Like, I'm on, like, Travis. And I was like, Mm. like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't get it. Um, Travis Scott? Yeah. And I was like, well, people, is it a wow? But like, like people, that was their their guy, right? And they had no context for Jay-Z. I also think Jay-Z's style has not changed nearly as much as Drake. Like, Drake Mm. tries so much to be modern. Jay-Z's last album was 444, which was not an attempt to be current and modern it was no. an attempt to tell all those people like yo you should be doing this not this you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i think i think what you said is probably the most um like i think our generation our our gap like drake is solidified as that dude i think it's just a question of at some point 
you know, the kids might latch on to somebody else and Drake might not be as culturally relevant, yeah. but like, I, he, he's not going to like, we're not going to forget about him. He's yeah. never going to put out an album that we're like, oh, I don't care about this. You know what I mean? That's never going to happen. Yeah. I think he is a a generational artist. Like, mm-hmm. I think he will oh. be with us forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Like, I, I see actually like someone like Beyonce as like a cross-generational mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. where like there's like little girls yeah. who like, because like they are, they are mirroring their mothers who yeah. love Beyonce. Like, Drake doesn't have that same like effect i think that yeah. way but he like what his impact for this i mean this is why he's not yeah beyonce's peer because yeah. beyonce also is like a generational artist yeah. for I us i literally want to have too. kids just to see like if they will adapt to Drake. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will this get into your yeah. question yeah. i just had like one random question just because like uh-huh. even though i consider us in the same generation like there is like a little bit of an age difference yeah. between me and jinx the two of you like mm. part of my love for Drake is like how many um, corny things he's done over the years. <laughs> that like it's it's like kind of what you were yeah. saying about the like was this the thing that was supposed to end you? Yeah, like he has made like obviously a lot of things have gone for his way, but like I just there's so many moments where like him oh. trying to make like woes. Oh, like what's what's yeah. your? Is it, are you asking what our what our Drake corny moment is? Yes, like the most corny. <laughs> he said, like the most corny is a crazy father. <laughs> I will say, like, crazy I do rag on Drake mostly. Like all my close friends were like the general yeah. public can't see yeah. me rag on Drake. Okay. I will say these braids are just not <laughs> it. Like got I literally the am upset oh, by the braids. Like the braids have. Ended me for like. I'm more uh, bothered by the barrettes. The barrettes, everything, the whole braids journey. Even yeah. I know we're on Spotify, <laughs> but even going to Spotify earlier and his cover art, and now the back of his head yeah. with these braids and barrettes. I'm like, get the braids away from me. Also, I the fact that he had like a low cut like three months before. Yeah, and he just like, like spawned with like full like, like, He just installed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called an install. It's him and Adonis yeah. and matching braids. It's just yeah. I, these, these are the things you know where every now and like I think. In the beginning, he thought we were all gonna like it. I think there was a shift where, like, sometimes he does shit, and I'm like, yeah. I think that's for us. I think he's just like he's just like doing some. Silly if we're talking, shit. if we're talking hair, the heart in the head was way worse than the brain. <laughs> the, the heart in the head was bad because was people tried to pull it off. <laughs> yes, <And I> <laughs> it was happening in the wild, and it was bad. I, I remember oh, one distinct dude. guy no who way. had the heart in the head, and someone commented, "That's not a heart. That looks like a butt." I, <laughs> I lost it. Um, so you like the heart more than the braids? You think? I just. Yeah, uh, the braids are just have no explanation. Like I literally woke mm-hmm. up one day and Drake had braids. The hearts are <laughs> the heart is so only Drake can do this. The braids are everyone. You could have just waited your turn. Like you could just <laughs> grew your hair out, bro, yes. just to cheat that way. Like you were you had a brush cut Tuesday yeah. and you got back on the gram <laughs> Thursday. You gotta show the process. That's part of it's it. Yes. You can't just you can't it's just spawn so with the perfect wild. shit. But like, that about time so little. Yeah. That about Drake. I don't want it any other way. That about any other way. Even that's so Drake. You. End up loving it. To go uh, and get extensions put in or whatever it is. I didn't say that yeah. out loud, Jinx. And, th- and then to make, and then to not even, if you're going to cheat, win, <laughs> to then give yourself no hang time is crazy. It's um, wild. What's, what's, so is that yours? Is the heart the nah, crazy okay. Thing? The heart is tied. I saw this on TikTok yesterday. Somebody posted this video of Drake. No caption, no hashtag, no nothing. It was just Drake. He did this like Taylor Swift commercial oh, where he was like rapping bad blood like in the mirror oh, like, yeah, to work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just no caption. I'm like, yeah. I, I forgot about it until I resaw it and I'm like, nah, you, you really did that. Yeah. That's that's gonna be tied with the heart for me. 
Because uh, all these things are just unapologetic like access. If you have immense, yeah. if you can do anything, these are things Drake's doing. What's yours? My favorite corny Drake moment of all time is when he um, warmed up with the Damn University it. of Kentucky. Oh, that's, that's mine. No, so, what, which, Bro, that so that's mine. I was, I, he, that might be mine. Too, when, like, yeah. it's the, it's yeah. the in the locker yeah. room yeah. where the they're one. like, Devin yeah. Booker is there. <laughs> and I, I forget who else Everyone was on that. Everyone uses that photo serious. on Twitter and it's like, when I'm talking about us, we're <laughs> yeah. down bad. Like, <laughs> like, the motherfucker yeah. has like, like it's yeah. like looking at Calipari like he's yeah. taking notes and My, then when he's, yeah, yeah. the layup line. Well, the thing is, the most embarrassing part should be the layup line and it just feels like one of those things if Drake got himself in a scenario <laughs> and you know like once they pass in the ball he was like fuck because <laughs> like like you just you recognize how far away that that hoop is yeah. you're playing against some of the best at future athletes in the world but it is it's it's not the layup line where he misses the shot and just stands there and, and how yeah. the camera just it's the wide <laughs> shot of the arena yeah it's crazy how that just worked out so poorly for him but it is it's the locker room what the fuck are you doing in the locker room fully yeah. dressed? Fully dressed. <laughs> and, Full and he's older than all of them and he's yeah. pretending he's in college and Kyle Perry, let that happen. Yeah. He didn't get to go to college. Like, <laughs> oh, happy drink. And like, if we if we talk in basketball, how do y'all feel about him starting a league in his own house and winning the championship every year? Mine, mine is that. winning and it's not even winning. It's that. it's <laughs> him <laughs> it's him giving pressers after <laughs> With the step and repeat behind him, and I'm just Bro. like Drake is just. See, I it think feels that's like the, perfect. I think that's yes. perfect. Drake. That's it feels like, like highly so- Harlem Globetrotters to me, bro. Like it's set up like for him that. to win. So, like there's exactly. no way. Yes. If I had that much money and know. I'm like fly just, out all the homies to the crib, it's my house. Do something we ridiculous. Go, we be silly. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to be the silly one for the homies to, yeah. pl- to play. Uh, it doesn't beat the locker room. Really, any of the ones you said, but it feels classic. And I have to say this before we stop: is I am media is crazy. Like wanting to be around in the bath, like. Anything that some that something's going on, he just thinks he's such a massive celebrity at this point in time. The Miami Heat win; they're letting people in the locker room, they're letting players in and family, oh, yeah. and they're like only media. And Drake's like, "I am media," I and am I was media. like, "Damn, I." He's not lying yeah. in a way, but it was such a crazy thing to pull off. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime you see him in a picture with an athlete and his head is kind of leaned in, amazing. Where like the athlete has the arm around him, and Drake's just like so he's just so comfortable <laughs> so, and so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. He got he got the he's got a strip is everything. A KD, he mm. got a clay and a KD tattoo. It's crazy. And like like he's just like a he, he does all of the things that, that should I would, like, not work. That, that yeah. should not work. He does a ton of things that I would promise myself I would never do. Yeah. But he also does some things that I'm like, well, if I could do that. I definitely. And it's all happening to our in one culture body. in like the best way as well. Like he's just so funny and memeable on accident. Like even when the Raptors were winning in the finals, and he's like, "Look around you, we created this." <laughs> he <laughs> called, like, yeah, and that's just like cemented in like how we talk as people now. Like whenever yeah. anybody feels like they created something, <laughs> we create. and I'm like, he's just ridiculous. But you, yeah. own, you lean into Drake. We need him. Like he was at the Backstreet Boys it. concert two weeks Which ago. Which is like, mm-hmm. I want to live living incredible. his best life. Singing. <laughs> well, guys, that's it. Uh, I thought this was going to be the Drake peak era, but apparently this is a uh, no. Drake is invincible. He's going to keep going. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine came here to set the record straight. Uh, guys, I want to give it up for Jasmine, Keenan, Rembert. Uh, tune in next week for another episode. Make sure you subscribe to Rap Caviar and all the socials and subscribe here for another episode next week. <laughs> Are we going to clap? Are we going to say peace? <laughs> we clap ourselves. That's it. Yeah. Shout out to Wolverine. That's it, y'all. That was I great. Bet.